Hello, bonjour, hello, hey, hiya and previet hockey fans. Welcome to the Europuck podcast. The show where two blokes from Blighty talk about everything to do with European hockey as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. From the Russian KHL to the Swedish Hockey League, the Finnish Liga to the Swiss National League, the British Elite League to the Alps Hockey League, we talk about anything and everything European hockey. Catch our podcast every Friday from August the 28th, however you get your podcasts, and on the Europuck Podcast YouTube channel. The Europuck Podcast, giving you guys European hockey. Welcome to New York. The Devil's State, State of Mind, Mind podcast. podcast, brought to you now by the Hockey Podcast, podcast Network. Now here's, now your, here's host, your host, Neil Villapiano. Ho, ho, ho. What is going on, Devil's fans? It is your host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to a special Christmas edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get the most up-to-date news about your New Jersey Devils. As always, thank you guys so very much for taking some time out of your day to check this episode out. We do greatly appreciate all the love and support you guys give to this podcast and the whole network as a whole. We always have exciting topics great content. We've had some really good special guests on the last couple of episodes. We just had on NHL.com's Mike Morial on, on episode number five. Please go check that out if you haven't checked it out. And today is certainly no exception. So today we don't have an interview. Sorry to disappoint you, but I thought I'd do something that's a little bit, you know, kind of perfect for this time. There will only be one episode coming out this week, uh, this Monday, December 21st. There will be no episode on Thursday because it will be Christmas Eve. So this is the Christmas episode of The Devil's State of Mind. And I'll say this at the end and I'll, and I'll also say it right now, I wish everybody who's listening to this podcast a very Merry Christmas. A, you know, I hope, you know, if anybody who's Jewish that has listened to this podcast, I hope you had a wonderful Hanukkah and also happy Kwanzaa as well and just happy holidays in general. I know that 2020 has not been the greatest year for pretty much everybody, not only here in the United States, but all over the world. But hopefully with some of the good news that we've gotten from, you know, things with like vaccines and other things like that, hopefully things will start to improve, especially also with the turn of the calendar. Yes, we are very close to the end of the year 2020 heading into the year 2021. We will have an episode just prior to New Year's Eve as well, so you want to stick around for that. But today is the Christmas edition of the Devil's State of Mind episode, like I mentioned, and there are two things we're going to do today. 
The first one is I'm going to give you an update on some NHL news. Uh, again, we got some really, really good news. Nothing is official, as usual, but we are starting to really move and starting to get some definitive dates for not only the start of the season and training camp, but other things as well. And also, to wrap up this episode, I decided to create my New Jersey Devils naughty and nice list. So the way it's going to work, and I'll explain it again once we get to that segment, is that I have three players who are on either the naughty or nice list, and I'll explain why, and I'll explain what they can do to get off the naughty list and what they can do to stay on the nice list. So, you know, I'm, um, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think this is going to be enjoyable. I hope you guys are ready for, you know, everything we're going to be discussing today. As always, going to be a lot of fun here on the Devil's State of Mind podcast. So without further ado, as I always say, let's drop the puck. So we'll kick things off with, like I mentioned just a moment ago, about some of the NHL news. So this is from Frank Saravalli of Sportsnet, one of the many well-trusted, you know, hockey reporters, especially in Canada. And I actually screenshot these things from the NHL news or at puck report on NHL because he kind of he put it together in tweets that were a little bit more simplified so we could read them off. So there has been an NHL tentative agreement with the NHLPA, according to multiple reports, that a January 13th start date will happen with 56 games. There will be a Canadian division, even though the NHL is possibly considering and wondering if they're going to have to move all seven teams to the United States in order to, you know, have a full season, you know, with cases spiking up in Canada and the U S you know, Canada border for traveling is still, you know, up in the air and still not really happening. You know, there's still some questions with that and training camp will begin January 3rd, but that is for the 24 teams that made the bubble about five, six months ago. For the seven RTP teams, the teams that did not make the bubble, which one of them being the New Jersey Devils, training camp will begin on December 30th. And all dates that I just mentioned are subject to change. And here's some more details from Frank Saravalli. Players will have an option to opt out, believed to be without pay, if they or immediate family member is considered high risk. Team will have option to roll contract by a year. So basically, they won't be on the books. If any player opts out, they won't be on the books for this season. They'll just be put on the books for, you know, the next season, 2021-22 season. Rosters, here's, here's where it's going to get a little interesting. 23 players, $81.5 million cap space with a four to six-man taxi squad at AHL salary. So, this is very interesting because with the Devils being a young team and most likely having a bunch of young players, whether it's from the AHL or even juniors or whatever the case may be, fighting for positions on the bottom six or wherever you want to put them, this gives them an opportunity to maybe make the NHL, but you know, be on you know the taxi squad. They travel with the team, and in case somebody gets hurt, they don't have to wonder about calling somebody up. They can just have somebody else jump in and go from there. So that's where I think you're going to see a handful of young players make the team because of that reason. And another thing here is that there will obviously be no exhibition games per agreement. That should really not be a surprise at all. And then we also got some information earlier this morning, and this actually is from an article 
from the score. I enjoyed very much. And if you're a hockey fan, please go, you know, download the score app, you know, get the NHL notifications. These articles are really good. This one is actually written from Brandon Marone or Marin. I apologize if I said that wrong. He wrote this about two hours ago. And these are a couple other dates in, that uh, we should know. The impending campaign would begin, like I mentioned, on January 13th and would conclude on May 8th under the proposed format, according to TSN's Bob McKenzie. With free agency beginning on July 28th, TSN's Pierre Lebrun reports. The 2021 trade deadline would be April 12th, while the 2021 NHL entry draft would take place on July 23rd and 24th, according to TSN's Darren Drager. Now, with regards to the draft, again, I think there is a good chance it'll probably be a virtual draft uh, unless things really change. Again, with the fact that we've had the Pfizer and now the Moderna vaccines been approved by the FDA here in the United States, you know, with it being about six, seven months away, the NHL draft and everything, you know, a lot of things could change in a very positive manner. But I, I think most likely it's still going to be virtual moving forward. But we, we shall see. Players would have the option to opt out of the approaching season. The opt-out deadline is December 24th, Christmas Eve, for players on teams that didn't make the 1920 playoffs. So anybody on the Devils that decides they want to opt out, they have until this upcoming Thursday, December 24th, to opt out. And December 27th for players on playoff squads. So they'll have a little bit more time. I don't really understand why there has to be two different opt-out dates, but again, it is what it is. And this was reported by Sportsnet's Elliot Friedman. Each team will need to carry at least three goaltenders at all times this season between their active roster and taxi squad, reports coming from Sportsnet's Chris Johnston. So a lot of reports from a lot of the you know reliable sources coming through in the hockey world. So again, Mackenzie Blackwood, Corey Crawford, and I'm going to say probably Scott Wedgwood, I think. Uh, maybe Gilgis Sen, who knows? We, we shall see, you know, what the Devils decide to do. Additionally, clubs must sign Group 2 restricted free agents by February 11th for them to be eligible to play during the season. And players on one-year deals can sign extensions as of March 12th. Ironically, the one-year anniversary um, of when the sports world was put on pause because of this COVID-19 pandemic. The NHL has a call scheduled with the Board of Governors for 12 p.m. Eastern today. I'm recording this on Sunday, December 20th. So actually it's 12.50 right now. So they might be almost done with that Board of Governors meeting. A separate call is also planned with the league's general managers for later today on this Sunday at 2 p.m. So. The NHL has made a lot of really good progress with finding definitive dates for when they want things accomplished, when they want things to happen. So that's a really positive note. And again, the first thing that I said, and I'm going to repeat this because I want you guys to understand if you don't fully get it, all of this is tentative, which means that it is not official, that it is subject to change because of different reasons. We've talked about several times on this podcast about the fact that things have changed. Remember, we were originally going to start January 1st, and it, that's no longer the case. And just because right now they say it's January 13th and training camp supposedly start on the 30th for some teams, doesn't mean that that's actually going to happen. 
a lot can change between now and when we actually start the season and when things get finalized. I would like to hope that everything gets finalized at some point this week. Who knows? Maybe we'll get it on Christmas. Maybe it will be the best Christmas present that any of us hockey fans will receive. And I know this is going to sound like me defending the NHL, but we have to remember, as I've mentioned before, the NHL had a lot of goodwill and a lot of applause from the sports world for how well they conducted the bubble, where there was basically no reported positive case for the two-plus months that they had it. So the NHL doesn't want to lose that sort of goodwill. They want to keep that up. So they're being very patient with things like the vaccine, talking to different health officials. I know that Gary Bedman was on a call with Dr. Anthony Fauci about possibly what's the best course. And I did hear that Dr. Fauci said probably the best course for the NHL to have a full season with very little problems is probably doing a bubble. And speaking of that bubble, there are a couple of cities that were projected to be possible bubble locations if the NHL decides to do that. One of them being Vegas. I think another was, I think, Columbus. Another was, I think, out in the West. And another was Newark, the Prudential Center. And I find that to be kind of interesting. And I think it's probably because of the fact that it's in the metropolitan area. It's not in New York where it's going to be, you know, a lot more crowded. It's a little bit more on the outside. And, you know, again, the Devils are one of the few teams that have their practice arena connected to their home arena. And that's really a good thing. Devils fans, you know what I'm talking about. Prudential Center right there. And right next to it is where the Devils practice, where the Metropolitan Riveters of the National Women's Hockey League were playing for a while, where a lot of youth teams play, a lot of different events, and things like that. So, you know, that's a really good, you know, place to do it. So, will that happen? I think that's going to be a last resort type of thing. I think the NHL wants to continue to do what it's been doing, trying to have a season where player, where teams play in their home arenas. They're not doing a bubble. Players, coaches, and people like that have said before that it was such a difficulty the first time through just two months. It'll be a lot more challenging for four, five, six months, depending on how long you are playing this season. So obviously, there is a lot that has changed since the last time we spoke about this. But again, nothing is concrete. We can all sit here and say, oh, we're back. Like, this is great. I put out a tweet saying that we're back. But I want to be cautious with everybody and say that nothing I just said is official. This is all reports. This is all tentative. This is all subject to change. So until the NHL comes out with a statement confirming all of this and saying that it's official, this is what we're doing, everything like that, until you start seeing players come back to their teams and they start practicing and training camp begins, don't, you know, be cautiously optimistic, I would say. Be cautiously optimistic. Be, you know, I hate saying this, but try to be patient. Try to understand where both sides are coming from and go from there. And I just wanted to comment on one thing about that whole, the whole plan that they have, so to speak. I don't really like the fact that they're saying, oh, you know, you're not going to get paid if you opt out. The NHL and other sports leagues did allow players to opt out and still get paid. This kind of puts them in a no-win situation for the player standpoint, because if they opt out, they don't get paid and they don't have money to take care of their families or themselves or whatever the case may be. And the other thing is this, the NHL is doing this because they're afraid 
that if they give people the option to opt out without, you know, without losing any money, that half of the league is just going to opt out and then they won't have enough players to play this season anyway. I don't think realistically that would happen, but it's an understandable feeling and worry thing to have, you know, with regards to what, you know, the situation is. So I get where everybody's coming from. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be anywhere near what we're used to. And I think at this point, speaking for a lot of hockey fans, I think I can speak for a lot of hockey fans that we just want to see hockey again. We just want to see this season happen. We've seen the NFL decide to have a season. Major League Baseball did the same thing. The NBA is starting in two days, basically. And the NHL is the only one that hasn't even started training camp, let alone, you know, start the season. So, you know, it's a difficult time, but hopefully within the next week or, you know, maybe even a couple of days after that, we really get some finalization and confirmation with everything. And again, I've said this before, and I'll finish by saying this. Do not, I repeat, do not be surprised if the NHL decides to move the start date and everything back even more because cases are continuing to spike up. Things are getting a little bit more difficult financially. You just have to understand that there's a lot of things going on right now. So let's just remain, you know, we'll remain optimistic, but cautiously optimistic. You know, be open to the fact that it could change and we'll just go from there. But the bottom line with everything is that it's looking like we're getting ever so close to finally finalizing a deal and just actually getting ready to play hockey. So let's see what happens. Now we're on to the second segment, and this is the one that I'm sure a lot of you guys were waiting for. It is time for my Devil's Naughty or Nice list. This will be a little bit different around this time because the season would already be going on and I would kind of give you like who's on the list right now and who's not. This is going to be a little bit more different because again, we, we haven't had a season yet and I'm just going to kind of go off of last year and I picked three players who are on the naughty list and three players who are on the nice list. So it's not everybody. So don't, you know, don't get upset if I didn't mention somebody that, you know, maybe should be on there or maybe shouldn't be on there. Like don't, don't get upset. This is just, you know, to kind of simplify it. These are three guys who on both sides of the spectrum, the naughty or nice list that, you know, I think we're, you know, definitely should be on here for a handful of different reasons. So let's start with the naughty list. And trust me, I checked this list twice, even three times. I outdid Santa and I checked it three times to make sure that this was a legitimate naughty list. The first person that's on the naughty list that definitely needs to uh, shape it up a little bit is defenseman Will Butcher. And I think a lot of Devils fans would probably agree with me because when Will Butcher signed with the Devils back before the start of the 2017-18 season, you know, he was obviously, you know, the, the, the Hobie Baker award winner. He had spurred the Colorado Avalanche to sign with the Devils. And we, we got, we thought we were getting ourselves a tremendous, you know, possibly number one left-handed defenseman. And I still think Will Butcher can develop into something like that. It's just that since his rookie year, he's almost gotten worse every single year. Now, there's a couple reasons why it's not fully on him, but there have to be things that should change. Now, again, in 17-18, Will Butcher had five goals and 44 points. He really, really jumped onto the scene and had a really productive 
rookie year. He even had a plus minus of plus one. So that was really good. Since then, he has gotten eight goals and 51 points for a plus minus of minus 24. So from the goal standpoint, he's kind of been consistent. He had five in his rookie year and the last two years, he's gotten four each. The points-wise, it's only been a little bit better. So you know that's a problem where you had 40-plus points your first year, and you've only gotten seven more points combined the last two years than you did your rookie season. And so Will Butcher has kind of fallen from being one of the top defensemen on the team to now being on the second or even third line, third defensive pairing. And so he's on the naughty list because he does need to improve in many different ways. The defensive side, he needs to improve. And offensively, he needs to be more of a catalyst on the power play. That's what he was really good at his rookie year. And I think he needs to get back to that point. And hopefully with a guy like Elaine Nazardine, you know, going back to his defense, you know, defensive role, hopefully there can be an improvement from that point. If we can make this team a little bit more offensive, it could take some of the pressure off the defense and they can work at it from there. And he's still a very young player. So it's not like, you know, this guy is, you know, is just, you know, wasted goods. This guy still has time to develop. His rookie deal is coming up soon. I think it actually ends after this season. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see how the Devils, you know, move forward with Will Butcher. But he's the first guy that's on my naughty list. And the way that I see him getting off the naughty list is, is, two, is two ways. Number one, he has to improve, like I said, defensively. He has to block more shots. He has to just be a little bit more aggressive. And offensively, he just has to be, you know, a better catalyst on the power play. He can't be afraid to shoot the puck is what I'm trying to say. He has to shoot it more because that's where he has success. He gets a lot of assists from players standing in front of the net and tipping pucks and scoring. So that's what's something that Will Butcher has to do. And he has to get back to that 2017-18 form, which I think he could definitely do. And if he can improve his plus minus where, you know, it starts to go in the other direction, the positive direction then, you know, he will certainly get on the nice list. But as of right now, Will Butcher is the first on my naughty list. The second one is another defenseman, defenseman Damon Severson, who we can all argue at this point that he's probably the best defenseman on the Devils, which isn't really saying a whole lot. In 2019-2020, Damon Severson had eight goals and 31 points with a plus-minus of minus 20. That was really bad. And he had a couple moments like when they played the Toronto Maple Leafs where he shot the puck into his own net in overtime to lose the game, you know. And, and I've met Damon Severson in person. He's, he's a really, really great guy, honestly. And I'm sure he's going out there trying his best. But recently, he just hasn't shown the form that he did when he first came up with the team as being this tremendous offensive defenseman. And I think he's lacked that. And I think he's also lacked you know, being better defensively, just doing what his job is. And I think any defenseman on this team that was there last year, that was their biggest problem. They lacked, you know, doing what they needed to do, and that was playing defense. So hopefully that changes. And his point total and his plus minus, this was the worst he had since 2016-2017, where he had three goals and 28 assists and a plus minus of minus 31. So obviously, obviously, the point total is the same and the plus minus is certainly better, but it's not that much better. So clearly, Damon Severson needs to be more aggressive offensively. He's much better as an offensive defenseman than he is a defensive defenseman, and they need to use him more. So hopefully with a guy like Lindy Ruff, 
being an offensive guy, like, you know, he likes to bring his defenseman up in the rush. You know, maybe Damon Severson can benefit from that. So I'm looking for Damon Severson to certainly have a bounce back year. Now, again, with it being a 56-game season, the stats are just not going to look that great when you compare it to any other year because it's going to be 56 games. It's going to be a shortened season. So you have to kind of take into consideration and try to look at it and say, okay, what is the equivalent? So, like, let's say he, he finishes with, I don't know, 35 points, right, in 20, 56 games. What's the equivalent to, to that in an 82-game season? Did he improve? And I think if you look at it from that standpoint, it probably will show that he improved. So that's the way you got to look at it. But for me, the biggest thing that will get Damon Severson off the naughty list is to just improve offensively. Be more aggressive. Put the puck on net. Don't worry about passing it so much and trying to set up your teammates. You have a really, really good wrist shot. Work on your slap shot a little bit. Try to set up maybe for the one-timer. But just try to be more aggressive offensively. Come up in the rush and go from there. I think if he could do that, he will certainly get off the nice list. But right now, he is certainly on my naughty list. And then we go to the last person. And not surprisingly enough, it is also another defenseman. I was trying to think about, was there any really forward that was really, really, you know, deserving to be on the naughty list? I think the only one I could have possibly put on there, in, in my opinion, was probably Zaka. But even then, it just, it didn't, he didn't have that terrible of a season. I thought he improved once he was on the line with Brat and Gusev. But no, I, I just don't think. There's a lot of guys that are like, in purgatory where they're just like in the middle where they didn't have a bad season, but they didn't have a great season either. They had an okay season. So they get to be on the, I don't even know what I would call that list, but the okay list, I guess. But nonetheless, I had three defensemen on the naughty list. And the last defenseman and folks, nobody should be surprised that I have him on this list is defenseman PK Subban. I mean, let's just call it like it is. He came in with such high expectations being a former Norris Trophy defenseman, and he was still producing very well for a Nashville team, helping them get to the Stanley Cup Finals a couple of years ago. And getting a big name like that in this, this past offseason, not this one we just had, but the one before, you know, it kind of brought a lot of attention to the Devils in very many ways. And P.K. Subban was, I hate saying it because he's such a great guy and a tremendous, you know, ambassador to the game of hockey, but he had such an abysmal, first year with the New Jersey Devils. He finished with seven goals and 18 points. He has not had less than 20 points since 2009-2010 when he was a rookie and played in only two games and had two points. Every single year after that, until last season, he had 30 or more points. He's never had a 20-point season. He's never even had a teen season. This was by far his worst season as, you know, in, in, as a whole. He had a plus-minus of minus 21. He seemed very lost a lot of the time. He didn't seem very comfortable with the system that John Hines was bringing in. And even though he didn't improve like a lot of other players did when Elaine Nazardine took over, he still really struggled. And I think everybody was shocked and everybody's kind of wondering, is it because of his age? Is he getting to that point now where he's starting to be less productive and and you know he's starting to deteriorate or was it just a bad year because of all the things that happened a lot will be determined and a lot will be proven when this season happens I think PK Subban has a lot of motivation I think he will go out and I think he will improve because I think he's that capable 
and being the offensive defenseman with the big time slap shot, being that emotional leader. I think that with a guy like Lindy Ruff, he can use that to his advantage. If you use PK Subban properly, aka you make you make him full, you know, focus fully on the offensive side, he will produce. He's never been a tremendous defenseman. And we can't have him play big defensive minutes when he's struggling to do so. Unless you can help him change his game where he becomes a lot more of a lockdown defenseman, maybe not as big of a point getter as he usually is, but a lockdown defenseman who can maybe get us 35 to 40 points, mostly on assists, maybe gets us a couple power play goals. You know, that, that would be great. That would honestly be great if we could see that. Do I think, honestly, that will happen? No, but I would like to see the Devils uh, coaching staff improve him, especially offensively. He needs to get past 18 points this season, even in a 56-game year. He needs to show that he's improved because when you look at it, the Devils are paying him about $9 million per year for the next two or three years. There's a good chance that they may leave him exposed in the Seattle expansion draft. Unless he has such an amazing season, the Devils just want to keep him. They, he may have a great season and they still let him go. Who knows? But, you know, he's definitely on my naughty list because he just had arguably a very, very, very bad season. And I try to be as fair as I can. And this, I'm trying to be fair to you, PK, but you know as well as I know that this season has to be a lot better. You have to kind of get back to being the PK Subban everybody knows. And I know you're capable of doing it. I know you are capable of doing it. I know you work hard. I know you put in a lot of time and effort to make sure that you help your, you know, yourself and as well as your teammates. And that's my expectation for you this upcoming year. So to recap, my three players on the naughty list are Will Butcher, Damon Severson, and P.K. Subban. And now we'll go to the nice list. Yes, now we're going to bring a little bit more Christmas joy to this podcast episode. And we'll start with right winger Nikita, the Russian rifle, as I call him, Gusev. And here's the thing. Gusev would have probably been on the naughty list had John Hines remained on his head coach the rest of the season because he really struggled with John Hines' system. Now, that could also mean he was trying to figure out the NHL game with a short, with a smaller rink and not much area to move and also dealing with the language barrier because he doesn't know English that well. You know, and John Hines having a defensive system that we've said before has never worked and never will work, and it certainly will not work in Nashville. I guarantee you that. You know, it, it was just never going to be a good fit. But once Elaine Nasruddin took over, he basically went to Gusev and just said, just play hockey. Play the hockey you're, you're capable of playing. And Gusev was that player that you could put on any single line, and he would have a ton of success. He was on the line for a while with Blake Coleman and also Travis Zajac. And then when that line, you know, dispersed and that, and, you know, Coleman got traded and that was the end of that, he, you know, Nazardine put him on another line with Jesper Brett and Pavel Zaka. And those two players got better because of his performance. And players on the team were saying they had never seen a player that talented before. They didn't know how, you know, somebody could be that talented and that magical. I think they called him the magic man or something like that, or the magician, I believe they called him. But for me, he's the Russian rifle. And you look at after, you know, you look at his season totals, 13 goals, 44 points. In his first year in the NHL, that's pretty good. That's obviously not the same type of points he'd gotten in the KHL where he was one of the best players for the last couple of years. 
But if you look at it, I'm sure Gusev will say, you know what? I did a good job my first year. I struggled early on, but now I understand it. Now that he's had basically a full year of NHL hockey, he knows the type of, you know, he knows how to play that position. And I think he's going to be even more lethal going into this year. This is a guy that I think could very well score 20, 25 goals. I really do. And if he continues to produce the way he does with his playmaking ability, this is a guy that can get us in a, in a normal NHL season between 70 to 85 points, honestly, considering how good he is. And this is the last year of that two-year contract he signed before the start of last season. And the question is, are the Devils interested in keeping him around long-term? He will be 28 when this season starts, or he'll be 28 during the season. So he's getting close to his 30s. And I wonder if Tom Fitzgerald sees him as somebody that could, you know, be a big, you know, help to the team when the team starts to become very competitive. I don't know. I would expect the Devils to keep him, but you never know. Things could change. Maybe there's a deal in place, a, a trade that, you know, the Devils want to make with Gusev and they decide to do it. Who knows? We shall see. But I think Gusev is primed to have his best season of his career, even if it's a 56-game season. I think he'll, you know, he'll be raring and ready to go. And I think he's going to be a big producer for the team this season. And that is why he is on my nice list. The next guy that's on my nice list is one that probably nobody should be surprised about. And that is goaltender Mackenzie Blackwood. This year was, you know, this year was his first or so. See, I mean, like, again, it wasn't a full 82-game season, but it was technically his first full year in the NHL. And he played in 47 games and finished with a 22-14-8 record with a 2.77 goals against average and a .915 save percentage. As Mike, Mike Morreale spoke to us about, you know, on episode five back on this past Thursday on the Devil's State of Mind podcast, Mackenzie Blackwood is considered throughout the NHL as one of the top, you know, up-and-coming goaltenders in the game. He produced very, very well with the Devils despite the, the, the lack of defensive help that he got. If the defense improves, which I expect it will in one way or another, Blackwood will start to really shine. And getting a legitimate backup goaltender in Corey Crawford will allow Blackwood to have time to rest and not be overworked and not end up regressing so early on in his career. So he really showed a lot of great promise and hope with the goaltending situation since we've been trying to figure it out since Martin Berdur left the team six, you know, six, seven years, you know, five, six years ago. You know, that's, that's really what we've been trying to get to a point to have legitimate goaltending. And I think finally we feel comfortable having a good goaltending tam tandem of Mackenzie Blackwood and Corey Crawford. So this is great. And I think Blackwood, like I said, he showed a lot of really good promise. And I think he'll have another really good year this year, especially with the defense probably improving. I'm not going to say how much because I really don't know, but I certainly think the devil's defense will improve despite the fact that we're going to be playing in the most difficult and toughest division in all the divisions this upcoming year with the likes of the Capitals and the Bruins and the Penguins and, you know, a bunch of other really competitive teams. So it's, it's going to be a challenge, but I think it's going to be a good one for a young Devils team learning to win and learning to become a really good competitive hockey team. But Mackenzie Blackwood definitely deserves to be on my nice list, and that is why he is on there. And the last guy that is on my nice list, again, another player that I don't think a lot of you should be surprised about, is right winger Kyle Palmieri. 
I'm sure some of you would probably ask me, well, what about Nico Hishier? What about, you know, someone else? The only reason why I didn't put Nico is that his points have dipped every year since his rookie year, very similar to Will Butcher, but it wasn't like he was, you know, deserves to be on the naughty list. He still had a very, very productive year in just his third season in the NHL. But I think with Kyle Palmieri finishing with 25 goals and 45 points, you know, he was definitely on his way to having his second 30-goal season with the Devils. The first one was back in 20, I think it was 2015, 2016, which was his first year with the Devils. He had exactly 30 goals, and that was impressive. And every year since then, he's had 20-plus goals. He is a goal scorer. He has a nose for the goal. And even in a year where it was really crazy, you lose your head, you know, your head coach gets fired, your star player gets traded, you know, you have a shortened season, you know, you don't even have a full season, the season ends abruptly, and you were still on pace to finish with 30 goals. I mean, we were in March, and we had about a month or so, or a little less than a month of hockey left in the regular season. Kyle Palmieri would have definitely gotten to 30 goals, in my opinion. He probably would have finished with about 30, maybe 31 or 32. Because he was definitely, you know, doing well, you know, this season. And, you know, this is the last year of his contract. So this is going to be that, you know, that year where he has to prove to not only the Devils, but other teams that might be interested, why he's still a productive player, even though he's reaching that age where, you know, you start to wonder if, you know, his skills are going to start to decline. And again, Tom Fitzgerald, if you remember, when the trade deadline ended and someone asked them, why he didn't trade Kyle Palmieri? He said, why do I want to trade a 30-goal scorer? You don't get very many of those on your team. And that's really important. And I think Kyle Palmieri, being a Jersey guy and, you know, you know, doing so well with the franchise, I think he wants to stay here long term. I think he wants to help be part of the solution to the Devils and becoming a Stanley Cup contender down the road. And so I think, and I would expect that, Kyle Palmieri will get an extension at some point and remain a devil long-term. Now, if the Devils get a really good offer for Kyle Palmieri at the trade deadline, that's a different story, and that's part of the business of hockey. But I think Kyle Palmieri is going to come in here with a lot of motivation, like a lot of the guys in the Devils are, to try to prove to themselves in the NHL that these guys are good and that they can be productive. They have a new coaching staff, an offensive-minded coaching staff, and I think a lot of players are going to benefit from it, including Kyle Palmieri. So to recap, my nice list is Nikita Gusev, Mackenzie Blackwood, and Kyle Palmieri. So that is my devil's naughty or nice list. And I will say, there's some other players that could have been on here. There's some other players that could have been on the, the, the naughty list as well. But I kept it to three. There's a lot of guys that have a lot to prove this year. It's going to be an interesting season. I like, I would hope to see a lot of progress from a lot of players. I'm sure a lot of you Devils fans out there are thinking the same way. And before I wrap up this episode, I said this earlier and I'll say it again. I want to wish everybody out there from the bottom of my heart, from the Devil's State of Mind podcast, to you guys, a very Merry Christmas. I know this is kind of late, but a you know happy Hanukkah and also a happy Kwanzaa as well. Just a happy holidays in general. It's been a tough year. A lot of us have lost family members, you know, and you know, we won't be able to be all together to celebrate Christmas or any of the holidays in general. But I hope you guys remain safe and just remember to think positively, even during these very difficult times. And just remember that. Things will improve. Better days are ahead for everybody. They are. 
And I think that's the way we got to look at it. So try to enjoy your holidays as best you can, whether it's just by yourself or if you do a Zoom chat or, or whatever, just enjoy yourself as best as you can. Just have a smile on your face and just rock on, ladies and gentlemen. Just rock on at the end of the day. That's all you really can do. So again, happy holidays from the Devil State of Mind podcast and the Hockey Podcast Network to you, the listeners. What's going on, guys? It's your host, Neil Villapiano. Thank you so much for checking out this week's edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. If you want to continue to listen to these episodes, here's what you do. You go on your computer and you type in Hockey Podcast Network, and you can check out the website, hockeypodcastnetwork.org, where you can see all the logos for all the podcasts that we do. You'll see the Devil's logo, and you can click on that. You can also just check out all the other hockey podcasts that we have on this great network where we cover every single team in the NHL, and we have a bunch of other hockey podcasts along with those. So make sure you go check all of those out. We post new episodes every single Monday, and we also post them wherever you listen to podcasts. So whether that's Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, just search Hockey Podcast Network or Devil State of Mind, and you will find it. If you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at Devil State, on Instagram at Devil State of Mind, and also on Facebook at Devil State of Mind. On all of those, I will post when the new episodes are up, as well as just interactions with you guys, the fans, as we talk about our team, the New Jersey Devils. And also in the bio of all of those social medias, we have a link to the Devil State of Mind website where there... You can just check out all the episodes and go directly to where we have them. You can bookmark it so you can just keep it and make it very easy for you. So please go check those out as well. Again, new episodes of the podcast every single Monday. If you want to listen to me just talk about more things that are going on in sports, not just in hockey, you can follow me on the Mofobo Network podcast, which is available on Anchor and Spotify, where every week we post new episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays talking about the most up-to-date news in the wide world of sports. I also have a YouTube channel called Mofobo Network Presents. New videos come out every single Wednesday where just like on the podcast, we get a topic that we discuss that's going on right now in the wide world of sports. So go check me out on all those. Again, it's spelled M-O-F-O-B-O Network Podcast on Anchor and Spotify and M-O-F-O-B-O Network Presents on YouTube, where there you can just continue to listen to me talk about things that are going on in this great world that is the world of sports. You can follow me on my personal Twitter at T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W and my personal Instagram at N-V-P-Q-B-11. And last but certainly not least, go check out my book on Amazon and Barnes & Noble right now called J-E-T-S Pain, 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 which is about the pain and suffering of being a New York Jets fan. So if you're a Jets fan, a football fan, if you know someone who's one of those, or if you just want to support me, just go check that book out. It, it chronicles all the painful memories, painful games, painful player decisions, and everything else that evolves around the New York football Jets. So please go check it out. It's available for hardcover and ebook for the price of $19.69. And if you're a Jets fan or a football fan, you probably guessed why I chose that price. So thank you guys once again for checking out this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. My name is Neil Bell Piano, and we will see you in the next episode. Everyone continue to be the awesome, amazing people that you are out there. 
Make sure that you're always helping out others. And one last thing, rock on. Woo!